Welcome, boys and ghouls, to be Booyan64. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're going to torture these puns to death like an Eli Roth film. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley. This is the Patreon-exclusive show where we are talking about games that are not on the Nintendo 64 at all. And uh, we have decided to go with a horror theme for this month. Who is joining me for this wonderful event? Hello, it's the same person who's always here. <laughs> Bustin' makes me feel good. This is Woody Siskowski. <laughs> you bust in this game? Uh, I would consider this a form of busting, of yeah. ghost busting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. You're. It's... You're. I mean, they're they're not uh, they're not not busted by the end by the time you're done with them. They're yeah. in your camera, I guess. Yeah. That that part is is very unclear. You never actually see them like get sucked up into the bulb. Yeah. So how but... do we know? How do we know they've been trapped? And also, how do we know they're ghosts if they're not eating handfuls of hot dogs or <laughs> yeah. giving Dan Aykroyd blowjobs? Like, true. we'll never be able to know <laughs> without those elements. Um, so yes, we are doing an all horror themed uh, uh, Beyond sixty four option this month, and you all chose the game Fatal Frame Two: Crimson Butterfly. It's the game about hanging heavy pictures on the wall. Yeah. And if you hang a picture that is too heavy, it will fall and crush your character. And you're, you'll you'll have a, a bloody foot that will uh, bleed in the shape of a butterfly. Hence yep. the title. Exactly. It all makes sense. Like there are not enough games about uh, framing pictures and hang, decorating houses. Where they know. where they rank you on uh your sort of symmetry and how like so it's not crooked or that anything shit's a like skill that. yeah. that's hard that, i clearly Effective can't do nudging. it yeah i don't know a, i, I would all... say of the many characteristics of your office i think you have many very cleanly framed and symmetrical hung uh expert like uh look you have your degree there in mm -hmm. uh in ghost the shadow photography. of yeah oh there we go in ghost photography yeah yeah i do very well at ghost photography <laughs> won awards From busting you yeah <laughs> Um, so before we get into talking about this game, uh, I want to talk just a little bit about like, I want to talk to you about heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Let me you tell know. you guys, it's pretty fun. No, wait, uh, wait, no, wait, 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 no, oh, no, right, going back, going back. No, 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 I've never done heroin. Um, I kind of want to talk about horror games like as a, as a larger thing, as a larger idea. So you're not really much of a horror game person it's not like in a general. Horror. I'm just not a whore. No, I'm just not really much of a whore anything person. Like, so I feel like there's very, I feel like you have a love for the genre. Yeah. And like, you have a real affinity for things that fit into the genre. Whereas the only sort of whore things I enjoy are things that I feel like are a level of quality that sort of transcends the genre. Sure. Like, you're the shinings. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. It was just yeah to the me, staples the essentials yeah, yeah yeah exactly the essentials uh, your silence of the lambs sure whereas yeah. to you like I feel like something that fits nicely into those horror tropes and is well done is something you will enjoy yeah for sure for sure I tend to be uh maybe a little bit too forgiving of horror movies in general <laughs> and I watch Certainly a lot of this really, month I, I watch a lot of really bad ones. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I do have a lot of affinity for the genre itself. What tell tell me about that a little bit? Like, what is what is your attachment to horror, and what um, what do you look for in in the horror that you enjoy? Do 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 horror movies legitimately scare you? Like, it's rare anymore for a, a movie to actually scare me anymore. Like at this point, I've kind of seen it all. There are still some movies that put me on edge, or like, sure. but uh, I I do think as somebody with like fairly severe anxiety a lot of the time like it's a way to kind of indulge these things without like diving really deep into or like having to go out and do anything scary on my own like i'm not a brave person sure but i do like <laughs> the security of that and uh on a practical level i i always enjoy the innovation that goes into horror movies it's it's 
And I always like the way that it kind of, um, it takes the temperature of what's going on when it's made. Like a good horror movie mm. really kind of encapsulates it. So think like the 1980s, we were more about commercialism. So we were getting more horror movies as mascots. The 90s were all about postmodernism. Wait, what's so a horror movie as a mascot? Like uh, Freddy Krueger, like oh, Jason sure. Voorhees, okay. these guys. Sure. Like, like, uh, that, Some, they're something they're, that you could sell a toy for. Exactly. They're a product, okay. you know? And then the 90s, it becomes more self-referential. You get things like Scream, mm -hmm. you know, and, and things like that. So I, I like the way that it kind of captures that sense. There's always a lot of enthusiasm that goes behind making it. There's always a lot of innovation well, in terms I of guess, effects and, and gore. and. I feel like in terms of like the industry, the horror movie, since it has sort of a built-in <clears throat> audience of people who <clears throat> will be interested in it, like yeah. there's more of a market for new filmmakers to kind of try and break in or do something creative at a lower budget. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's always been kind of a great entryway for for great filmmakers. You know, Peter Bogdanovich started with a Roger Corman horror movie, mm. you know, like lots of little things. Did you direct like, like a piranha, with a piranha movie? Uh, no, James Cameron did. He directed right. the second piranha, and then Joe Dante did the first piranha. Okay. So they both went on to like do awesome stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as horror video games, like I feel like these kind of scratch a little bit of a different itch. Like it's because I feel like most horror video games uh, don't really scare me because they're. They're entirely built around jump scares. Well, I think the thing that's important to acknowledge is, and I, I think that this is true for any medium when you're talking about genres, is the difference between a thing, like the what, what something's trying to achieve versus the setting that it takes place in. Mm -hmm. um, I Probably my go-to example for this is the Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Um, because that, I feel like, is more of an action game than a horror game. It just it uses these sort of like gooey things and like usual horror tropes. Yeah. Um, I feel like most of the goal of that game is not necessarily to scare you, but to be fun and exciting to play. But also like it feels dangerous to be there and yeah. it feels, it, it well, can feel that's an excellent, excellent game. But oh like, yeah. But it, it, they, that game does a great job of like building stakes and building, um, making it feel like you are never safe. But again, the same thing kind of applies with, with video games. It's like, for the most part, the worst thing that's going to happen is you have to go back to your last save well, point. Well, see, that's, but that to me is the counterpoint. Like, because you're, sorry, and again, I'm, I don't play a lot of horror games, so yeah. a lot of my, uh, did just reference Resident Evil, which is like the most vanilla of, of horror franchises. But, no, it, you I know, it's it. something that everyone, most people have played, so they'll know yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, Resident Evil 2, for example, I think is more of a horror game because even... Like, it's just, it's not as, quote unquote, like, exciting to play. Like, no. it, it, its goal is not to be like, oh, I have all this awesome firepower and I'm going to, like, blow up all these zombies. The goal is like, shit, there's dudes chasing after me and I have no ammunition. Like, yeah. it, it, it sort of, whether intentional or not, has aspects of it that make the game more frustrating from a gameplay standpoint, but make it scarier. Right, yeah, <laughs> like... Survival horror in general is like it's it's kind of strange that that became such a big genre mm -hmm. when it did, and that it caught on as much as it did because it is inherently very slow. Right, like the idea of survival horror is just like, all right, we're going to put you in this situation. You're going to be completely overwhelmed, under equipped, and a lot of it's just going to be running slowly away. Well, I think it came in a good time because so many of these and th this a lot of this stuff can be applied to Fatal Frame too because yeah. this is very much a Resident Evil 2 adjacent game in sure. terms of feel. Um, 
it's like it, it, these came out at a time where like the adventure game genre was like mostly dead, but not like what? Yeah, it's it, uh, the Princess Bride guy. This, the adventure yeah. games was mostly dead. Mostly but they, dead. They were not all dead. Yeah. Um, and so it felt like a very natural. Like you just need still, the power of true love to bring it back. Exactly. Yeah. They were still making missed games at the right. point when uh, Fatal Frame Two came out, and um, so there's like it felt like a much more natural transition. Yeah. Whereas just a straight up survival horror game that they make now is much less common. Like even your um your Resident Evil 2 remakes yeah definitely play with a lot more of those action tropes because people have less willingness to be frustrated. Yeah. And I think the result of that is some of the scarier games that exist are actually slightly older ones since newer and newer games put more effort into being fun and playable. The the scary games of today I think are kind of well, and, and I don't even find them particularly scary necessarily, but like the way that they elicit fears are like the, the Dark Souls series, the Soulsborne yes. games, because yeah. they're playing kind of at a meta narrative level where the experience is going to be punishing and there is a lot at stake. Like yes. you could undo a lot of your game if you're not being careful and playing and you're equipped well, you can fight like there's, there's always a way to advance, but it's going to be based on your skill. Mm-hmm. And some of the fear intention comes from facing these horrible things and knowing that you're going to have to lose something to them. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good um, analogy. Like those, Dark Souls games and Demon Souls always got that problem. Like I remember Demon Souls as being one of the scariest games I played because I'm like, yeah. if I go around this door, I know there's something there that will be able to kill me very easily. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, and very quickly if I am not prepared, and then I will have to lose all of these souls that I worked really hard to keep. And then it, it works on a narrative level too because it's throwing you in this world that's so completely unknowable. Yeah. And you really don't know what's going to be in the next room. Like you have no idea what it's going to throw at you. So I think that's the way modern horror games are kind of going mm-hmm. while Resident Evil is going in more of an action-y direction. Um, but I don't know. So I guess that all kind of brings me around to thinking, saying like, did you find this game scary at all? Like um, as somebody who doesn't really play horror games and like... Yeah, I think if I was playing this game by myself, mm-hmm. I probably would have found it scarier. I think watching or playing horror in general is much less scary when you're doing it with someone else. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is why Resident Evil 5 really didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, with that, the co-op. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, but again, that that game, talk about a game that makes no effort to be scary. No, no, no <laughs> um, definitely not. It, 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 I think I would have found this scary. I think that this game is well thought out in its mechanics that it is scary. Like I think hmm. that the f- using of the camera as, as your major weapon is scary. Okay. And we'll get into that a little bit. And I see, I, I think I might be coming at it from like a horror movie perspective where I'm kind of just like over the spooky ghost girl tropes. Like they sure. don't really scare me um, to a point, but like at the same time, I can still kind of appreciate what this game is doing and how well it's doing it. But I mean, we, yeah. we didn't really get to the point where we sort of experienced any sort of memorable or horrific imagery. Which no, I imagine is something that comes up later as we progress. This is this is a difficult game to play, you know, in an hour and 20 minutes of and sort of get the vibe of what we, you know, you get the atmosphere and stuff, but you're like, we don't know quite what direction this is going to go. Yeah, exactly. It's, an, it's enough to sample it, but maybe not quite enough to get the full experience. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Fatal Frame <laughs> Hello. series. Welcome to Bob's uh, <laughs> Bob's horror horror game restaurant. Would you like the sampler? That's very popular. We cut up pieces. It's just a little ramekin full of blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the Fatal Frame series. So this series is called Zero or Project Zero over in Japan. Terrible name. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrible name. Uh, Fatal Frame's like a little goofy, but it's still much more descriptive about yeah. what kind of game this yeah, is. Yeah, I like Fatal Frame a lot. Uh, it debuted over in Japan on the PS2 in 2001. So uh, the game centers on teenagers who have recovered an ancient artifact called the Camera Obscura. Now, is this the franchise? The franchise. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The franchise itself. That's the one thing that kind of unifies all of these. It's usually a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. This camera is in all of the games, and there's usually some kind of bridge between worlds that's been broken. I, I, um, I like that. That seems like a very smart way to do a horror franchise. Yeah. Because I feel like once... I don't know, like, uh, somehow all these interconnected characters in the Resident Evil series seems a little silly sometimes because you're like, oh, there's Chris again, so I know that he's going to survive this adventure because, like, they're not yeah. going to kill off Chris Redfield here. No, Where no. Where if it's, like, a different characters every time, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen to these characters because they only exist for this story. Yeah, Silent it's, Hill does the same, which is really smart. Yeah, and it's like... um the Eternal Darkness game that was one of the earlier games we played for uh, the Patreon episodes. Yeah, yeah. It does that too, where it's all these disconnected stories that are united um, over this common theme, but like the end result is in a lot of those stories you like die at the end oh, of the yeah, story because yeah. the character has sort of done his thing that mattered for the overarching story. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, so this game, when it came out, uh, it struck right when the Japanese horror iron was hottest. <laughs> uh this was, we were just on the verge of getting uh, The Ring released over here, which is a remake of a very big hit over in Japan by called J. Ringu. R. R. Tolkien. By J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien, yes. <laughs> in seven days, seven dwarves will come to see you. They'll all um, turn invisible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, The Ring was really huge. Juon, which was remade as The Grudge over here, that was really huge. That, and they were God about to... It. There's a few movies that I am still bitter at the trailers for existing. Oh, yeah. Like, because they, they it's like the Hills Have Eyes remake mm-hmm. and The Grudge. Like, they would play these previews before not... I, th- this is something that's always been a pet peeve of mine. Okay. Don't play horror movie trailers before, like, Mission Impossible. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, if I'm at a horror movie, sure, play whatever trailer you want. But if I'm not at a horror movie, I don't want to watch this tra- these horrible trailers that always make the movie look far more horrible and scary than it actually is. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. it's just, like, images from the grudge, like, cemented themselves in my mind. I've never seen that movie. I'm sure it's not that scary, but, like... It's uh, it's actually an, a decently scary movie. It's just not a very good movie. Okay. Um, sure. Weird way to put it, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and The Hills Have Eyes kind of the same way. Decently scary, not very good. Um, yeah, but I agree with you. I think you shouldn't be doing that. Like, yeah. I'm trying to remember what movie, like, Somebody accidentally played like an R-rated like horror movie trailer before a kid's film not too long ago. And like there were all kinds of complaints. Like it was a red band trailer and everything. Um, Yeah. So this could not have been a more timely time for this game to come out. Uh, The directors of this game were setting out specifically to make what they called the scariest game of all time. Oh, okay. And one of the creators actually claims to have had supernatural experiences kind of similar to what you see in this game. (laughs) right. I don't know. That feels like a bit of viral marketing to me, but you know, whatever. Do you believe in ghosts? I guess that's a random question. It feels like, well, I feel like if I said yes here, it would really throw you for a loop, right? Well, I like, mean, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't really? know. Like, I don't, I don't think I judge would, I, I don't, I don't think I believe in ghosts, but I wouldn't judge people if they did. 
Okay, like, I, I I'm just that. surprised. Like, I feel like we've known each other long enough that you would think that I would not believe in ghosts. I mean, I do think that you don't believe in Which ghosts. Which is correct. I do, I, yeah. I do not believe in ghosts. It would surprise me. I just wouldn't judge you. Yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. I would be a more interesting person. Sometimes that's what I think about <laughs> is like, you know, I wish I either like found some weird conspiracy theory to believe in yeah. or like some weird supernatural thing so I would have something to talk about at parties where I could feel... Because that's just... That's always that's always something that I've struggled with when like writing a dating profile or something. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, like I like stuff that like nerdy white guys like, yeah. like all the same kind of stuff. Ladies, line up. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna talk about Bakuman. I yeah, don't know what that is. I don't know yeah. what that is either. Uh, Beyblade. I'm, I'm, yeah. Beyblade. There we go. <laughs> Where the tops run into each other. There we go. N- Ninjago. These are what I'm Lego Ninjago. But this it's is what like everyone's into. I just. I, I want something weird to sort of latch onto or paranormal, but I just haven't I haven't found that thing where I'm like, yes, I can believe I can even fake a belief in this and feel okay about it. Like yeah. I haven't even gotten to that point. I will. Right. I think the the one thing I definitively believe is real are space aliens, but I also don't sure. believe they've ever been to Earth. Okay. Like, because why? You know, there's a whole huge so ass you- universe. <laughs> it doesn't seem likely that our conception of what an alien looks like exists. But it seems even less likely that in the infinite space of all planets, we're the only thing assem- resembling life. Okay. I don't know. So I think that's true. That's and my so one thing. It's a relatively tepid take. It's a tepid take. Yeah. It's a tepid take, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to Fatal Frame. So this game made its stateside debut with its new shiny title in early 2002. And the game was kind of a surprise word of mouth success. Like, I remember... It, it got, like, a, a moderately positive review in EGM, which made me want to seek it out. And then, like... I remember people my age, and I was in high school when this came mm-hmm. out. They were talking about it. It's like, oh my god, have you played this uh, this Japanese game? It's like the scariest shit have I've you, ever so seen. So, have in my you life. been a fan of horror games for a while? Like, yeah, yeah, like okay. uh, I, ever since I first played Resident Evil Two on Nintendo sixty four. Actually, actually, oh, nice. like um, I rented it. Me and my sister just became obsessed, and then I wanted to play every horror game. Um, so, so yeah, but I, was the first Fatal Frame much of a success? Like, yeah, it it was a decent success. Yeah, it it. it, uh, it not like a, a blockbuster or anything, but it was enough to warrant a sequel okay. and another sequel, you know, that came out here. Um, but the the common complaint that Tecmo was getting from these games is that uh, it's too scary and people aren't finishing it. Okay. And so the first yes. game had kind of a pretty bare bones story. It was mostly just about like wandering around in this haunted house taking pictures. And so for the second game, they wanted to put a lot more focus on story and characters so that hopefully they could draw people in and they would push through all the spook ups and sure. uh, finish the game. Uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. What I, what, I, what I will say about that is, like, this game is fairly unrelenting in what this, the scary aspects of the game are. Yeah. Like, there's never quite a sense of, like, oh, well, now I'm in the safe period. Sure. Or now, like, it's going to be, you, there is always, you're just, all you're doing in this game is sort of walking and opening doors, and, like, things may or may not jump out at you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, we never really got to a point where the ghosts were very formidable. Like, right. uh, you could kind of just slowly stand in one room and take photos of it until it dies. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I think it will escalate obviously as we yeah. go along. Um, but, but that's okay. Like this game, because it is like 
slow paced. I, it would be frustrating if this game was significant, was super difficult. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The control. I think that part of the reason that this game is scary is because the combat mechanics don't work very well. Sure. Um, but then if that became like, Oh, the combat mechanics don't work very well. And I'm taking a shit ton of damage. It would be, it would too, be frustrating. too annoying. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's intentional, but we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, so Fatal Frame kind of earned this reputation of being like scarier than Resident Evil or Silent Hill, which were like the two big scary juggernauts. That there's the time. sort of an aspect of exoticism to that, like I because wonder. this is like a weird Japanese thing. Like, oh, the Japanese they don't hold back. Like the weirdest shit. Like that's that's what they're into, and like that's yeah, what this game. That's what this game in the ring is gonna gonna be. Well, and I remember that being kind of the reputation that some of those movies had too, yeah. of like uh, Ringu and Juan of just being like, "Oh, th- this is the scariest, most hardcore shit out there." Like yeah. this is gonna, and I don't know, spooky uh, ghost girls never really like upset me for whatever reason. Like I feel like I don't know if I'm gonna be scared by something in a movie, it's usually like a human being killing other people. Like that's scarier yeah. to me. Yeah, those than... are those are actually the movies that I find <laughs> the scariest. Like yeah. I saw Us in the theater and oh like, yeah, was rattled by it. Us is freaky. Yeah, yeah. I love Us. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. So th- this this kind of idea didn't really as, as the movies didn't really scare me. But I remember renting the first Fatal Frame with some friends and we played it for a few hours one night and we were getting freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Yeah, and a lot of it is that sense of, like, I don't feel like I'm perfectly in control here. Um, But, yes, so this game was a surprise success here. Fatal Frame 2 debuted the following year in 2003, and then Fatal Frame 3 The Tormented came out on PS2 in 2005, and the series kind of dropped off in the U.S. after that. It kept going in Japan. Uh, The next two sequels hit the Wii and the Wii U in Japan, but we only got the Wii U version here and only as like a WiiWare game. Like we had to download it separately. And I think just for whatever it's worth, I think that Fatal Frame 3 is a direct sequel to this game. Like you would want to play 2 and then 3 and there'd be some sort of uniformity there. Like the ending of 2 matters for what happens. Oh, I see. Okay, I didn't realize. I don't think the other games have connections. There is also a game, uh, 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 like a spin-off game on the 3DS called Spirit Camera, uh, which <laughs> I, I've seen on shelves. It's just like a hand sticking out of a 3DS. So I don't know if I that's I wonder if good. it uses like the weird like 3DS like augmented reality function of like you go around with the camera and it like superimposes ghosts like on your couch or something. That would be fun. To, that's mm-hmm. actually like, yeah, that would actually be pretty neat. That's a fun idea. Okay. I like that. Uh, and Japan also got a Wii exclusive remake of Fatal Frame 2 in 2009. I think it's also available in Europe. So oh, yes, you, and in Europe. probably a way to play it in English. Oh, yes, yes. Wanna, if you want to play Fatal Frame with waggles, it's, which actually might be fun. Like, when I think about the yeah. camera controls here, I, controlling with a Wiimote could be helpful. Actually, yeah, that wouldn't be bad, like, with aiming with a little reticle like that. Um, but, yeah, the series was a bigger hit over in Japan, and it inspired several different adaptations. There was a successful manga series, and there was a feature film Seems that like did it not work very well as a manga. Oh yeah, yeah, and the, the movie did not get a U.S. release. But I read some reviews of it, and like, it got pretty good reviews. It said it's not very faithful to the game necessarily. It's kind of its own thing, but it's supposed to not be bad. I mean, I think that like this is kind of this and like Silent Hill are the sort of brands that would make good video game movies because yeah, they just kind of have a vibe and then you, the director can kind of do whatever they want. And man, Silent Hill whiffed that twice. Sure. Both of those are bad. 
There, there have been uh, rumors for a long time about an American film adaptation, and at one point, Steven Spielberg was attached as a producer, <laughs> which, again, I love that guy. He literally plays every game, like every game that comes out. <laughs> like To this day, he, he, he plays every single game. So like, I just like the idea that 2002, what, he would have been in between making Munich and Catch Me If You Can, okay. and he's been playing Fatal Frame. Sure. I don't know. I kind of like that idea. But yeah, it was announced in 2003. It's never materialized, and I don't think anybody has any kind of real affinity for this series, so I doubt we'll be seeing that uh, at any time. Well, I mean, they do have affinity. It's just kind of the, the ship has sailed Yeah, it's on, the, on the interest. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's jump into the actual game. We've gone on a while here. Uh, Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly was released on PS2 December 10th, 2003. It was developed and published by Tecmo, and it was also released on the Xbox. Uh, so the plot for for each of these Fatal Frame games, they're, they're all kind of standalone, except for it sounds like 2 and 3 yeah. connect. Um, but there are some common themes and through lines for at, throughout. Um, so this game takes place in All God's Village, which is a tiny settlement in the middle of these Japanese woods uh, in a region of japan that's not real um so the woods and the woods and village are both about to be destroyed because uh the the state is about to build a dam Mm -hmm. that's going to flood out the entire forest and uh the residents of the village itself have disappeared a long time ago under mysterious circumstances it was rumored that something went horribly awry during this special ceremony called the crimson sacrifice ritual and in the aftermath the entire village and all of its inhabitants disappeared so now it's said that All God's Village is where you end up if you get lost in the woods. It's okay. become kind of this urban legend. And that's the exact thing that happens to uh, Mio Akamura and her twin sister, Mayu. The girls were born in All God's Village, and they want to visit their childhood home one more time before the dam is built. Um, but well, one... so if they were born in the village, like, they couldn't have been gone for that long, right? Like, Yeah, I don't think, I think it's, it's like, it's not like an ancient thing that happened. It, like, happened in the 70s. But they, they the left 70s. it before whatever disaster occurred, occurred? Yeah, and they don't know exactly what happened. I okay. think they were very, very young when they left, and they don't really remember I, I what have, happened. I have a difficulty with these characters in general. Like, it's... They they seem to not exist as characters. Like at the beginning, I was like, "Is one of these sisters a ghost?" Because all they kind of do right. is go like Maya, Miru. Like yeah, they, they they don't seem to have any connection to one another as actual human beings, and, and they seem so sort of disaffected by what's going on. I feel like that is going to be some kind of twist by the end of it that that Mayu is not actually there because yeah, me Mio interacts with the world like you would expect her to and she's your protagonist character you know Mm -hmm. so but mayu is always just kind of following you around muttering to herself like she's having a real episode here yeah um but she doesn't like but the characters never talk to each other about it no not really there's never a sense of like why are we at this village why are we here but at the same time mayu can be attacked and you need to protect her i mean so like she is physically there that's true it's but it's just i feel like the vague I don't know. I feel like the vagueness sort of might make the game sort of scarier and more mysterious, but yeah. it would have been nice if there was more of a sense of who these characters are. So I cared more about whether or not they were attacked by ghosts. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe we get that way later, but it would have been nice to have more of that at the start. Yeah. A little more of something to grab onto, especially when you're jumping in on a two, you know, like you want to know that these characters aren't the same from the last game and that mm-hmm. they're, they're, they don't really have any relation to that. 
Um, so yeah, eventually you get into the village and you find the camera obscura and it's not clear who left it for you or why it's here, but you can use it now to dispel the ghosts in the village and find out what went wrong and hopefully try and escape. Um, (laughs) but it's not, again, it's just not super clear to me, like why you're, you just kind of are drawn to this village. I guess they want to go visit it. Like to me, if you're like, okay, I want to go visit my hometown and then you get there and it's like all deserted and there's ghosts walking around. Yeah, that's pretty much my hometown. Okay, yeah, well, fair <laughs> I enough. I mean, replace ghosts with people on meth and then you're there. Okay, yeah. you'd be like, hmm, maybe I want to leave. Yeah. But they, they seem, I don't know, they just, they seem very sort of disaffected by everything. Um, I think at sort of at the point, not not too long, basically, your Mayu, Miu? Mayu. My, um, basically wanders off because yeah. she's sort of, brainwashed by this ethereal force in the village and now you have to sort of she rest, follows rescue the her. crimson butterfly yes <laughs> and that's i don't know i do like the the subtitle crimson butterfly i like the word crimson a lot i don't know yeah. it just it it's, it really and this is this is a joke in poor taste but it really reminds <laughs> me of a feminine hygiene pad it does a little be, bit the crimson butterfly <laughs> oh no is the crimson butterfly in town again yeah yeah, yeah i like that better than aunt flo actually yeah just say oh okay uh, we'll get off that topic. But yeah, like, uh, so you are controlling Mio for most of this game. There are little segments where you take control of Mayu, but it's usually just to follow some butterflies. Well, it was nice because then it's like, oh, I see what direction that she went. So when the when the cam- camera switches back to the main protagonist, I know where to go to follow her. Yes, yeah. So this game uses fixed camera angles, kind of like a Resident Evil game where mm-hmm. you're moving between frames. Uh, and it's got pseudo tank controls, but not quite the same level. Of, you know, you're not constantly having to press up but not like, having to turn your character around to like yeah. rotate them. And it's it mostly works fine. It's just the camera is like I think graphically this game suffers from the same problem that Legend of Mystical Ninja do, did, which is, you know, just a symptom of this sort of style of architecture of like ancient Japanese villages is the doors just look like part of the wall. Yeah. Um because they're sort of, you know, sh- screens that slide one way or the other. Right. And I don't, it makes it very hard to see where the doors are, especially with these fixed camera angles. Cause a lot of the time there'll be a fixed camera angle and then a door on either side, but you can't tell which side is the door because of the way you're looking. And it's also a very dark game, like by design. Like, I don't think uh, that's not a criticism. Like I'm not saying it looks washed out or anything. I well, think it it's does just look washed out a little like, bit. It's but very I mean, gray and very brown. But like, this feels more intentional oh, yeah, than 100%. something you'd see on N64 or something like that. But like, yeah, so it could be a little hard to navigate sometimes. Most of the game is in third person, but when you're in viewfinder mode for combat, you'll press B to bring up your camera and you'll go into first person. Um, and we had to mess around with controls because the default control feels... We played this on the original Xbox. Yeah, we played on the Xbox, and the default control was, like, reversed, like, of what you yeah, would your expect. your right to... stick walks around. Yeah. And your your left stick sort of aims your camera. It um, just... And it was it, kind of a dig to try and find in the menu where to actually reverse that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't very clear about that. what that, that. LucasArts adventure game was about. It was about the dig. They were, <laughs> it was trying, the, the they were dig. trying to reverse their controls in Fatal Frame, and they made a whole adventure game around it. Wow, that's <laughs> esoteric. I, I didn't know, know that, about that, but... Uh, Ron Gilbert, especially for really a game that would not time. be out for another 12 years Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, while exploring, there's a little small filament on the corner of your screen that will glow to indicate if there's a ghost or a secret nearby, and sometimes Mayu will wander off and find a secret on her own and draw your attention to it as well. Um, so yeah, the hook of this I mean, this series... game is very much like if Luigi's Mansion were scary. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah, it is essentially. You're going from room to room and you're clearing ghosts. And the hook of it is that like 
the ghosts are kind of always there and you're never really sure of when you're going to see one or what its intentions are going to be. Yeah, Not ghosts, all the ghosts are mean. Some ghosts just kind of stand there and maybe block your ability to go through a door until you solve some kind of puzzle. Yeah. Like take a picture of a ghost and then it will show you an image of somewhere else in the building and you have to go there, take a picture of that thing and then the first ghost will leave and the door will open. Yeah, uh, which is like... I, I like that approach to puzzle solving more than like, oh, here's a here's a door with a ginger insignia on it. We should go find the ginger key. Like that was something that happened in this game too. But like the ghost logic makes more sense to me because it's like this ghost isn't going to let you through until you find its final resting place or something or do something to put it at peace. Like I like that element of it. It feels more organic. And um, you're finding um, diary entries around too. It's got that sort of story that unravels itself by the hurried the hurried diary of the dead bodies. Yeah. Of like I hope someone comes rescue me. My energy is fading. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dot yeah. dot dot dot. <laughs> like wow, good thing they took the time to write that out. It's like that scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they're like. We found in the castle. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he would have hardly would have bothered to write it out if he was dying. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think this this era of video games is the last time I was interested enough to read all these notes. I feel like by the time you get like to in PS3, this game, you gotta read the notes. Like that, in this th game, you do, and they're sparing enough. Like there's few enough of them that yeah. you can process them. Some of some of these games got really out of hand. Where you'd find these dog tags, and they're like, "This is Major Wilson. He was born in the fifth, you know, like yeah. the fifth division, and this is his family." And like, and you're like, "Okay, I'm skipping this shit." I completely like. I think uh, by the time I played the game Fear, F E A R, mm -hmm. or the acronym, like I forget what that stands for, but like. <laughs> It's it's all just finding all these audio files or like really dense like personnel files or things like that. I'm like, I don't want to read all these emails. Like yeah. I don't care. Let's let's do a, find a better way to do some world building. Yeah. But here it's minimal enough, and like in the Resident Evil games, it's minimal enough. And it's fairly straightforward. Like you're only finding diary entries from like the same. Like they're only about like two different people. And yeah. Like, okay. I hope these people are major major players in the story. Yeah. So the combat is fairly simple in the beginning. You aim your camera. Uh, you try and get the ghost to be within your little viewfinder. Once the viewfinder glows, then they're at an optimum time to get snapped, and you'll cause some damage to yeah, them. This game is like Pokemon <laughs> Snap. If you your goal was to like incinerate the Pokemon with your camera. <laughs> Wait, is that not the goal? Yeah, that was the bonus <laughs> mode that you unlock later. After, just, you, after you throw the apples at them and get them to come to it, you like... Shoot them with your camera and Pikachu just melts. I just had this horrifying image of like a pachinko game where you're dropping Pokeballs full of things, like full of creatures into lava. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, extra points, extra points, lava, well, you, lava. You'd do that in Pokemon Snap. You would like throw the apple and knock some of them into the lava. That's and they would true. Evolve. But they would come out mightier. They would only be mightier. fire types. Yeah. You would, would never knock a Bulbasaur <laughs> into the lava. <laughs> I want to see that. Just like, ah, Psyduck, Psyduck. Ah. Um, anyway, yeah, so... As the game goes on, you'll get some different lenses and you can upgrade different abilities in your camera. It's very weird, like, how much of a one-to-one -one analog it is of, like... This game actually really looked graphically a lot like... Uh Ninja Gaiden. I was which, thinking that which too. Which totally yeah. makes sense because it's a, a Tecmo game sure. from pretty much exactly the same time period. Yeah. Um, but like the menu screens are exactly the same. Like they're built of these sort of ancient Japanese scrolls. Yeah. And um, but it's weird how much of an analog the weapon system is to like Resident Evil Four, where I'm like, oh, your camera is like your um your gun and yeah you're like yeah well, kind of and you literally like get upgrades for it and then can spend points 
It, that sort of took me out of the experience of like you get points for shooting these ghosts and then you spend those points to upgrade your camera. Yeah. It felt very non-immersive. Like I like things, I like games that are sort of openly just gamey. Sure. You sort of get points and upgrade skills. But this but one's going this for a much more movie-like experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, you don't want to feel like, I think there might even be like an arcade version of this game over in Japan. Like, oh, like a light gun thing, but with actual cameras? With like a camera, light that gun. Would be neat. Which is rad, but also it's like, this doesn't feel like an arcade experience no. for most of it. It doesn't even feel like a Ninja Gaiden experience. It no. feels like it's very slow moving and it's very intentional and deliberate in the way it rolls out. Well, and that's, yeah, let's talk about the combat a little bit. Here yeah. Because I feel like the fact that your camera is your weapon um, is conducive to making this game scary because a camera, it's a pretty shitty weapon. Sure. <laughs> like, um, it's, since you're like, you're looking through a reduced lens, like you're looking through the viewfinder of a camera, so you're seeing a lot less real estate in your peripheral vision. Yeah. Um, there's a real sense of this ghost is going to come from behind me, like, because ghosts, you know, they teleport around, they can go through walls. So you'll get the ghost, take a picture, and then it will disappear, and you're like, shit, I don't know what direction it's coming from. Um, so I think that that works well. And the other trade off is it, the cameras take a very long time to sort of reload mm. to be able to have you take another picture. So and you can run out of film, too. Which well, is you, like do have, you do have yeah. you do have shitty, like, pist- quote, pistol ammo film. Sure. Um, that is infinite but deals very little damage. Right, right, right. Um, and so I, I think that the result here is, like, these ghosts are sort of slow coming at you, making loud, screechy noises, and you have to sort of look at them directly. And yeah. like, the ghost designs are good, like... They're varied. There's some that like, oh, that person looks like they endured some sort of horrific neck in, in injury because sure. their head is like cocked off to one side. Yeah. Um, some guys have like weird pitchforks or something like that. They, they seem varied in their design. Like, and we oh. get a sense of how they died. Yeah. yeah which is exactly. cool. Yeah. Um, and so you have to like look at them directly to do this, which I think makes it scarier as well. There's just, there's a sense like, I don't know if it quite rivals like the early Resident Evil games where you're literally just firing blindly because sure. you have you can't you have no sort of first person view. You feel like you have a little more control than that, but you yeah. still feel pretty disempowered, which I think is essential to these kind of games. But at the same time, like we said, these early monsters that we fought, like or the the ghosts we fought, like you actually had to stand still and let one attack you just to see what would happen, yeah. like just to see what that yeah, looked they like. They kind of grab you and shake you, which is also confusing. But. Yeah, and they can also attack Mayu, who is defenseless. So like, there's a there's a light She's escort like element of that. Shield. You run away, let them attack her. And yeah, and they're they're easy to line up the shot on. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, how I can, treat my sister. You can kind of do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, as you go on, you'll get upgrades where you can slow down the ghost or you can stun the ghost by using, like, spirit charges. And the better shot you get, the more points you get. So the more centered they are in your viewfinder. And you'll get these little runes and glyphs that'll go around your viewfinder to let you know it's, like, a really good shot. Yeah, it'll, like, zoom in and your controller will vibrate. Yeah, and sometimes you'll get something that feels like a dead-on shot and you won't get any points yeah, for that, it. Yeah, so that, was, that was weird. You need to wait for your controller to vibrate and kind of tell you exactly when to take your this shot. The game has, like, a lot of annoying terminology that um, it, it seems like they're trying to make a more confusing combat system than it should be. Yeah. Like, because we were just trying to play it like a first-person shooter, like, shoot them in the head. Yeah. But they're like... It'll zoom in and give you like a shutter moment, and then you'll get like they give terminology for everything. Yeah, that just seemed it confused me more than it helped. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah, just say like when this ring turns red, hit snap. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. Just, do that. just keep it simple. 
Um, yeah. So the, the, the combat, but it, it works, but like, I didn't really feel like I was ever in much danger in these early, uh, encounters. And I think we were playing it on the normal, normal. difficulty. Um, but, but again, like, I, I'm assuming that that's just a symptom of the early encounters and hopefully that gets a little harder. Right. From what I've read, as it goes on, like it becomes almost more like punch out. Like they'll have tells that will, that will make them vulnerable to like shoot their picture at a certain time. So it is very much Luigi's Mansion then. Very much Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to find the right moment to like strike. And these weirdly did come out like basically exactly the same time, like Luigi's Mansion yeah. Fatal Frame. So interesting uh, parallel development there. But yeah, so they, these are, this early going is just kind of a lot of exploring this village. Um, and oh yeah, the other noteworthy thing was it took us a while to find a safe spot. <laughs> like they have these red lanterns that you're supposed to save at. But like we, we went almost a full two chapters and the game's only about like seven or eight hours long. Yeah. But we made it a good while uh, without finding any kind of well, safe that's, point that's at all. That's another weird symptom of this era of games of like, is having save spots as like a mechanic because this this is again something that has just been pretty much moved. The Resident Evil remake had this, yes, no, or did it have yes. an auto save? Uh, Resi the, like the Resident uh, Evil. Sorry, 1 Resident remake? Evil Two remake. Did, oh, they, they, they I'm the, blanking. Did they use the save rooms? Well, I think they had both. I think you you did have the save rooms where you could like establish like a firm save, but there were checkpoints and auto okay, saves. Because this is an, this is just another example of like a definitive choice where you can't have it both ways. You can right. either have the more convenient, it, the game will just save for you and you can stop whenever you want or keep going, or the much scarier, you have to find a save point and if you die, you will lose a lot of your data. There's, right. there's not really a way to have it both ways. Right, yeah, exactly. And, and that's just kind of a frustrating element of playing sixth generation games. You know, they're all just going to be, you, you just, you can't go from playing modern games to playing older games without remembering to Do save you, regularly. When you play a more modern game, um, like your Uncharted 4s or whatever. Yeah. Do you manually save when you're stopping each game? Like, I know, I never trust autosaves. Like, I, I really should trust autosaves by now, but every single time... I'm like, the game's like, it was saved one minute ago. And I'm like, I better save it again, just to be sure. I mean, that's the thing. Like most modern games, like you can, you can put the console in sleep mode. It'll pick right back up where you left it when you pick it up. Yeah, I'm still so not like, even in that habit. I, I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not a good modern gamer. Like I still have most of the old school, like mm. ticks of like, I'm going to turn off my console now. Cause I'm done playing it. Like I never use these sort of sleep mode features. It's probably, yeah, uh, I, I probably should be better about that. No, but I yeah. think you're doing it right. I think I'm living in the past. <laughs> um, so a little bit about the, uh, Xbox port that we played. So the Xbox port was not initially planned, uh, but during the production fatal Frame three. Uh, I have not said Fatal Fury yet. I just want to point <laughs> that out. I feel very happy about that. Uh, the developers decided to take advantage of uh, the the new technology they were developing for Fatal Frame three and kind of apply it to uh, an enhanced port. And so um, the game came to Xbox as a director's cut in two thousand four, and it added a lot of new features, including new costumes, improved graphics. There's a different ending, and there's some exclusive new modes, including the option to play the entire game in first person if you want. Oh, which is uh, kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Resident Evil 7 really sort of cemented that as an effective approach. Also, the idea of uh, Tecmo releasing new costumes, yeah. always always a, a warning sign. Yeah, <laughs> always kind of a... Uh, these characters ooh. here already are like walking around They're and sort children. of... Children. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Or at least but very like, young appearing. Yeah. Yeah. But like their outfits are definitely like, you know, this is more. I don't think that schoolgirls wear shorts, skirts this short. Uh, right. Yeah. There's a little bit. Going of, for a very specific like fetish vibe. And we're not like in dead or alive territory or anything. No. Oh, this, no. Definitely like, not. Or even you know, Ninja Gaiden territory. Oh, but you, like, no, you're right. They're not uh, like sexualized in any way, but you're like, I don't think that this is sort of the regular outfits that they would be wearing. Yeah. I don't like the idea of having to play dress up with these characters yeah. or getting to play dress with these. I don't know. I don't feel like these are characters I want to make pretty, you know, like that's, it just feels unsavory to me. But yeah, so that, that uh, director's cut came out in 2004. And so over time, this game has earned a reputation among players as one of the scariest games ever made. And Neil Druckmann, who's the, the director of the last of us games, he cites this specifically as like, what he thinks the scariest game ever made is. Um, and I looked at about half a dozen different, like top 10, top 20 lists of scariest games ever made. And this was on pretty much all of them specifically too. Like, so I don't think the next one is as scary. Um, but yeah, this one really struck a nerve with a lot of people. Um, yeah. And again, I'm, I, I wonder if maybe I'm just jaded or maybe like if I go back and play this later by myself, I'll be, I I think that you as a horror enthusiast, um, should probably play it some more. Yeah. Like this game does seem right up your alley, even if the mechanics weren't necessarily clicking for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, cause I imagine that sort of there's, they have to offer a little more than what we saw for it to sort of earn its reputation. Right. I do think it set good atmosphere, but there was sort of nothing at that point that would sort of, run run ice through your veins yeah not necessarily and like you said i wasn't terribly invested in these characters yet like we really didn't know uh what their story was other than we they were they're young and they seem vulnerable and you want to protect them but that's kind of about it um but you know i i i think i do want to keep playing through this like it doesn't seem like it's a very long game from what i've read and uh I don't know. I, I think there's enough here. I want to I want to give it a little more time to grow and a little more time to breathe because survival horror games, you kind of always have to give it a little more room. Yeah. And we did give it more room than we usually play. Like, yeah. um, I mean, and this is just this is, I think, not my style of game generally. Like, I am not crazy about the early Resident Evil style. Sure. Because they do run so slow. They do. Um, and I, I'm just not big on games that sort of just provoke a constant feeling of anxiety. Sure. Like that. That's what is always surprising about me. Like, I. I don't know. I don't think of myself as a tremendously anxious person, but I I try to keep it that way, which is yeah. one reason that I don't like movies that just have me on a sort of edge the whole time. See, and that's that's right. so that feels weird and counterintuitive right. that I am a very highly anxious yeah. person and like I I seek this stuff out. And I think it's yeah, I don't know. I think it's just exercising demons a little bit. It's uh it's it's taking these horrific scary things and putting yourself right, fully in control jumping jacks go 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 double time all right roll it now roll it all right now sto- stoke the fires of hell stoke them now stoke them yeah that was you exercising demons it was yeah that was great yeah. that's um, my new character demonic billy blanks <laughs> i like it i yeah. like it um, I have nothing else in this game. Do you have anything else you want to say about Fatal Frame 2? Uh, no, I don't. No. Except, well, uh, you know what's a good horror movie? Hmm. The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Speaking of things that sort of exist past their genre, that's one I think has reached the pantheon of quality horror. I heard he's, uh, petitioning to get to play The Fly on Mike Pence's head on SNL. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like the reference will have been long gone by the time any casting decisions are made. Sure, but, but you know, any excuse to get Jeff Goldblum somewhere. Sure. He's, he's, he's 
the the goodwill for Jeff Goldblum is so high that I even enjoy seeing him in commercials. Yeah, yeah, like, why I'm not? Like, yeah, he's I'll advertising to me, but I'll... Sell me an apartment, Jeff yeah. Goldblum. That's cool. Yeah, I don't need um, one, but thank you. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you have an affinity for survival horror games, yeah. and if you have an affinity for <laughs> Luigi's Mansion but want it to be scary, um, check out this game. Yeah. I think that is neat. You can get it... Um, for the PlayStation 3 on the PlayStation Store for 10 bucks. Yes, probably the better way to go. I bought a physical copy, and it's kind of rare. It was more days, than 10 so, bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so be careful of that. Um, well, thank you, everybody. Thank you to Burger Champ for suggesting yeah, the Champ's winning game. Just knocking him out of the park. I mean, he's he's the poll champ, is, really. Has, I he think been, has he been stuffing the polls with burgers? I'm is, assuming so. Can people only uh, vote once on those things? People can you, only vote once. Okay, yeah, so but you, uh, but he did send me a burger in the mail, and I feel like you know that that swayed me a little bit in okay, his direction. Fair enough. It wasn't a very good burger by the time it got to me. <laughs> yeah, um, like the titular movie Good Burger it wasn't, wasn't very one of good. Those. Dang. Um, but yes, is uh, that but, a horror movie that has usurped past the genre? Like that broken over the constraints of the good burger genre. Man, let me tell you, that's a that's a movie. Like there are certain movies that I liked in my childhood that I physically cannot watch again. <laughs> Little Rascals is one. Okay, Good Burger is another. Like <laughs> I physically like I become overwhelmed with this existential sadness that I'm but like you spent. Mo- oh, you I'm probably watched, watched this movie like ten times. Like I've, I'm I'm putting this movie on. Why am I putting this movie on? There's no way this is a worthwhile movie. Like no, yeah, it's one <laughs> okay. of those. Um, on that exciting note yes anyway so thank you everybody uh, and uh, uh, thank you for subscribing to our Patreon we so so appreciate it yeah they they help Steve pay for expensive games yeah like exactly this. oops I activated a live ad on Facebook anyway <laughs> um, thank you everybody uh, and thank you for indulging our Halloween-y uh, oh, spooky yeah, we Patreon poll we scary. oh Steve before we end the podcast yeah. can you help me uh, lift this big uh, framed poster that says number one podcast on the sure, internet sure sure Lift it up here. Just wait, wait. Oh, oh it's no. Too heavy. Wait, oh, oh. Oh. Oh, fuck. I got to get out of here. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.